Hey there, uh, this um, week I would like to talk to you, this is Tatiana by the way, I would like to talk to you about kind of the different types of support that your business can receive. I came back, uh, just came back as I'm recording this from the biohacking conference and it was mind-blowing and the reason um, it says mind-blowing, it was mind-blowing is because because what I got really got out of it, um, got out of this um, conference, you know, besides all of the most recent developments and being healthier and happier and living a better life and living longer, um, is really, um, amazing. But beyond that, I found, and the conclusion that I came to was that I realized that, um, there are a lot of diagnoses that can have a different approach. A lot of diagnoses that could be reversed completely. A lot of diagnoses that could be treated so that you can actually be healthier and live longer beyond the what traditional medicine sees. And what what I've seen at the biohacking conference was not non-traditional, was not alternative medicine. It was just different knowledge. Like I'll give you an example. And I know that I've talked about this before, like oatmeal, right? We think because the American Heart Association says that, that oatmeal is really, really good for your heart. But here's the thing. It's actually not. It has a lot of lectins that really deteriorate the walls of your intestines. And so things like that were something that I've learned during the biohacking conference in, in Beverly Hills. But it's more than that, I think. Um, and it's more than that because what I've also learned was that we are happier as entrepreneurs. And I started doing some research on this and I found that there've been a number of studies that showed, you know, different perspectives, different subject tested, different ways of testing the same thesis, so to speak. But I've seen that entrepreneurs are infinitely more happy than people who work for somebody else. Now, it's not, it doesn't mean that you have to drop everything and become an entrepreneur, but it supports my idea of everyone having to have a small business or a side gig or different streams of income beyond what they have. Now, it doesn't mean you should quit and start a business and figure it out. I'm actually not a supporter of that, haven't never been, honestly. But what I've been a supporter of is doing it smart, right? You have skills beyond um, your normal job. Let's say if you're an employee, you have skills and knowledge and experience beyond that. Why not make some money on the side? Now, some jobs for super senior positions will not potentially allow you to do that, um, and I know that people working for the UN, for example, in New York have to get special permission. There's a whole thing going on with taxes and everything. But I do believe that we, we can make it better, that we can live better lives and be entrepreneurs. Maybe someday you will make your side gig a full-time job. Maybe not. But it will make you more efficient. It will make you healthier and make you happy. And the reason it's going to make make you healthier was because, is because I I don't know if you remember, but I do talk about this fairly often. Um, I um, 
talk about the fact that, you know, we did a glucose study test on ourselves. And this is something that my coach has told me that is the same for everyone, uh, just maybe different levels of the same, so to speak. Um, but we talked about the glucose going up and staying elevated when you're stressed. And so essentially, if you're happier as an entrepreneur, you're also healthier because you get less stress. There's a diff definitive correlation between being your own boss and being happier and also being healthier, both physical health and mental health. Because, because honestly, uh, mental health is part of the physical health because, um, and I can attest to that, you know, based on my study of my own glucose, I can tell you that nothing, nothing that I ate would elevate my glucose. I didn't eat carbs that week. Um, or those two weeks when I was launching my product, I didn't eat anything, um, anything that would elevate um, my glucose that much. But, um, but I, you know, I really saw a huge increase in, um, in my glucose. And so I know for a fact that even though stress is mental, you know, mental health related, it really affects your physical health. I saw it firsthand. I experienced it firsthand. And so that's why I um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, but also talk to you about the types, types of business support that you may have in your business or that you may need. And some of it has to do with accounting. Other stuff doesn't have to do anything with accounting, but, but I wanted to talk to you about that. So um, <clears throat> supporting your health should be your number one goal through your business. I work, you'll hear me talk about the fact that I, you know, work a little in my primary business, which is the accounting, uh, you know, boutique techs and, um, an accounting advisory firm, but I work sort of a lot, but I work in chunks, meaning like some, some days of the week I would work late so that I could push something else so that I can have my other days empty meaning nothing specific scheduled so that I can have some thinking time incorporated in that. That's kind of how it's been for some time. And um, I really like it that way and I enjoy what I do. So I don't really consider myself working when I have to do those little sprints. I consider myself just going after my dreams and really pursuing my vision because, and it doesn't feel like work at all to me. So I would love to... Um, to, to support you in that as well. Uh, make sure that you put your health forward. You have to put your health first. This is something that's extremely important. Um, if you, whether you're an entrepreneur or, um, or not, honestly. Um, and so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Put your health first, okay? This is number one. Now, number two, when you work with a, you know, when, when you have your own business, uh, you may encounter several things, several problems, and I want you to understand what type of help you might need. Some of it is lawyers, let's say, and there are different kinds of lawyers. There's criminal attorneys, there's civil attorneys. If someone sues you, if you want to sue someone, there's medical malpractice, there's other professional malpractice, all kinds of different attorneys, estate planning, and so on and so forth. And so across your business growth, across your business life journey, you may actually encounter different um, attorneys that you may or may not need. 
all of us definitely need an estate and planning attorney. Um, all of us sometimes need a business attorney, a business attorney who, who could review an agreement, who can make sure, you know, that it's uh, good. You know, there's a lot of templates out there. Just start with the template and have the attorney add stuff to it that you need um, and potentially what they recommend as well. That's number one. I, I'm a big fan of um, having an engagement letter with clients, regardless of what types of services you provide. Um, and I'm a big fan of really um, supporting your own business um, and really making sure that you um, can um, really create the business that you want, right? The, the strong business that you want. Um, sometimes you will need an attorney that, you know, attorneys are expensive. We all know that, right? And good accountants are also expensive, but that's another conversation. Um, good attorneys are expensive and, um, that's why you need someone who specializes in whatever it is that you do. Some attorneys have programs that are either free or a low cost, let's say for startups. So if you find yourself in that space, reach out to them, but you don't need an attorney to start a business. You need a good tax planner to really start a business, honestly, or you just need my book, Dream Bold, Start Smart. That's really it. You don't need to have an attorney draft any documents because the documents now are pretty standardized. And um, what, you know, there are companies that I've recommended in the past that can form a company for you. So that's that. Now, um, there are also different types of accountants, and I talk about this extensively in my book, but I want to reiterate a little bit here. Um, there are, you don't, in the US, you don't have to have a license to, to prepare taxes or do bookkeeping, right? But the reason that you want someone who is licensed um, is because you want them to make sure that they really have kind of a level of integrity and ethics. That's really important. Um, it's really important because we have to know for a fact, for, you know, to be, we want to be sure that someone who's advising you has something to lose, has a license to lose. Now, some people are ethical and have integrity without the license, but but you need someone with the license to, to really handle, to be confident of that. Because um, sometimes people will not, people who, who don't have the license would give you suggestions and you, you'd be like, it's too good to be true. If, that's, if that ever happened to you or if it ever happens to you, keep in mind that you may be getting advice that's not necessarily ethical or something that you would do because here's the thing when you file your taxes and i've taught i talk about this a lot but when you file your taxes you sign for them i was just at this biohacking conference and there was this guy um uh, charlie charlie anger anger um with an e or angle or something like that um he's a marathon runner he ran through tibet or something like that i don't know but we're a very cool guy but you know he became very famous and made a lot of money in marketing and stuff like that, you know, based on his event, his, his marathon and stuff, recovering addict and stuff. Very cool story actually. And then he talked about the fact that he, you know, he, the IRS went after him, couldn't find anything in his taxes. 
but then uh, was like, oh, you lied on your mortgage loan application and the uh, they had a court, you know, because he did, was like, I didn't do anything. He had a court um, thing. And so um, he actually, uh, the mortgage broker testified that they have admitted to that they have falsified the documents and stuff. But Charlie was the one who printed out the application, mailed it, and it became mail fraud. And he went to jail for 21 months. So regardless of who does your taxes, it's still ultimately your responsibility. You have to understand them. That's why I always keep talking about that. You need to understand your own taxes. You need to understand what's happening. You need to understand what you're signing because it's your responsibility. Um, and nobody goes to prison, you know, for taxes, for tax fraud, unless it's, uh, it's fraud or negligence or whatever. But you can have something like this. You can have something that's called a mail fraud and God knows whatever else is available out there for, you know, for agents to go after um, for you. Um, you need to make sure that you understand those numbers. And so look for, you know, for we all want to save money on tax, but there are legal ways to do that. You don't have to cheat to get what you need. So keep in mind that you need to um, keep ensure that you completely understand what happens in your taxes and stuff like that. So you need a professional who's really, really good, who's really solid. Um, that professional needs to advise you, advise you well. Um, and that professional needs to explain why you are able to do this thing. Let's say it's, let's say it's an Augusta rule, right? Augusta rule means that you can rent your home to your business under certain circumstances, um, at fair market value. And basically, you know, for board meetings and other stuff and, and basically not claim that income in your personal and also deduct it from your business. So it's the best of both worlds, right? So that's only one type of, um, um, strategy, I guess that's the right word, one type of strategy that you can use. And there is a number of them, depending on who you are personally. Do you have kids? Do you, do you have a spouse? Do you have other businesses? All of those things. And so that's exactly why I am a big um, fan of licensed professionals because they can support you in all of that, right? And so here's the thing. If you are just starting out in your business and you'll always, you know, hear me talk about this and you'll read it in my book, start with an LLC, start with something simple, start with something that's part of your normal individual tax return because LLC certainly will be. I recommend starting an LLC as opposed to just doing it under your own name because it's honestly just easier for you to, um, to do this, meaning you get the limited liability protections of an LLC and so in most cases, again. This nothing is absolute, um, absolute, right? So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is that you really need to start with an LLC and up to, you know, once you cross $75,000, $50,000 to $75,000 threshold in net income, so your gross income, what you, your revenue is minus um, whatever business expenses should be 75. And if you get to that mid-year, reach out to a tax planner immediately. You might want to convert it to an S-Corp. In most states and in most localities, it makes perfect sense to do that. And the at that point, the cost effect 
um, of doing so will outweigh um, the costs of that of doing that. Like even having a separate tax return, which it will become if you do that, will outweigh outweigh the um, cost of tax return preparation. Uh, up until three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand in net income, you can use a traditional accountant. You need a really solid bookkeeper, and if you need someone. Um, I can recommend part of my team, you know, part of my students, my students are, my graduates are at boldadvisor.com. Um, you can rec- I can recommend you some of them. And if you want a personal recommendation, I could totally do that. But the idea is that you would get a really solid bookkeeper part-time so that they, you know, you, it's very cost-effective and use a traditional accountant. And this way you'll minimize the cost up until about $350,000 in net income. Once you get to that, and honestly, before that, it's really more survival and paying for the owner's life of that business or owner of that business life. So your life, personal life, bills and stuff. Once you get to 350 plus, that's when more tax savings are available to you. They're available to you before, but the cost of having someone like that um, underweighs the savings probably um, in the $200,000 or less income range. And so if you're 200,000 and more, there are some savings available to you and stuff like that. But um, the cost will already start making sense, you know, in that range of 200 to 350, definitely on over 350. So when you get to that, you know, be proactive. This is really the key. Be proactive and get the uh, get someone to to be a tax planner tax planning is something that accountants have to learn they have to actually pay for the training and go get trained in it it's not something that you can um know just by being an accountant for a long time definitely not um i know because i've been there and so i don't want you to make the same mistake go to someone who's been actually trained in tax planning and then um, once you get to that, you will pay an accountant like that, maybe somewhere between 18000 and, uh, I don't know, maybe sixty a year, depending on the package, if you have like a fractional CFO service or whatever. But that's another conversation. There's other levels of that. But um, those that money will always pay for itself, and that's the beauty of it, honestly. Um, then another thing that you should keep in mind, there are different types of accounts. There are accountants who have a niche, a specialty. I'm a big fan of non-specialty, no niching, because especially in accounting, because when you're niching down, you stop paying attention when you get good and really make, make really good money, you stop paying attention to everything else. You stop paying attention for uh, to developments in tax law, to developments in the industries, uh, to other in other industries. You stop being aware and having your antennas out for more information for different signals and for red flags. And that's where the trouble starts, right? Um, That's where you have to be extremely careful uh, with that. So um, that's another thing. You always have to stay on top of it. You don't have to become an accountant, not at all, actually. You just need to understand some of the basics and ask your accountant. And I'll give you an example of that. My client um, that I, you know, I'm very involved with and we've been working together for a long time, he actually says um, if he encounters something that's non-traditional, meaning something that's, oh, uh, should I do this? Um, he just asked me, like, for example, I want to explore a cruise for a certain demographic of people. 
Uh, can I deduct it as a business expense? No, you cannot. Okay, no problem. I'll charge it to my personal. That's the conversation that I have with the client. And that's what you should be doing too. And that's very, very powerful to have that relationship. Uh, there are accountants, traditional accountants, who just get the job done. You, um, again, if they're not licensed, if you insist on using someone like that, I would look over my tax returns. I would look over my financials, look for, you know, if you have a QuickBooks online or another software, I would look, run a report and just see, oh, um, is there negative numbers? Because if there is, that means that their balances are not normal and the accountant or the bookkeeper don't know what they're doing generally. That's generally the setup. Um, the other thing that you can do is review those reports and see if it matches your tax return. It's a great thing to do is a balance sheet um, on a separate entity tax return, right? A balance sheet is a report that shows you your financial position at a, at a point in time. So as of December 31st, if you were to sell all of your assets, how much would you have to keep for yourself and how much would you pay off in debt? That's kind of the general idea. I mean, there's a lot more than goes into that, but I'm not going to go into it. You don't need to become an accountant. And um, that's kind of the idea of what we're working here with. Um, we, we want to, to make sure that you look at your numbers. Uh, Schedule C returns. So an LLC, for example, or a sole proprietorship will have a Schedule C return. It doesn't have a balance sheet. I mean, it's too bad that it doesn't, but it doesn't have a balance sheet. And um, a Schedule C, you would look for it to match your profit and loss statement in your bookkeeping software. Um, I look for big numbers. I look for, um, I actually check all, I would check all of the numbers, all of the expenses, make sure that everything agrees to your books. Because if there's some additional stuff, most likely you will, um, if it gets audited, you will have a problem, a big problem sometimes. So please be careful. Okay. Now, if you are using someone with a licensed CPA or EA, they are obligated to obviously do a good job and hopefully they'll do a good job for you. And also review stuff. Don't just let it sit there. Okay. Review stuff, um, yourself and, um, and make sure that you understand your taxes. Okay. That's one thing. And then another thing is that Once you get to tax planner, they will be able to provide a different level of service and, you know, see what your budget can fit. And the accountant can help you figure out what your budget is. Honestly, um, between like, I'm a big believer in menu pricing and I, you know, I do, you've heard me talk about price psychology a lot. I've done a lot of talks and podcasts on that topic. Um, it's really popular because there's a lot of science behind it and I really love it. Um, and I use it every day in my business, but you'll hear me talk about the menu pricing. Like now when you're an accounting professional or, you know, business advisor like that, and you have three packages of service to the client, you can always mm, really offer them or see uh, what the client needs in terms of between your bottom and your middle package. Most likely the answer will be middle package because that should really have a lot of value and be priced well and so on and so forth. But you can also encounter situations where 
people want an all-inclusive resort and that's okay. You should have that package in your business, whatever your business is. And so typically I would rely on the accountant's kind of knowledge and vision. I have a client who's profit first advisor um, really took um, an approach of let's pick my package and as an accountant as the cheapest package, but she always keeps asking questions, um, questions that, you know, and uh, support that is not really included in this package. And, um, and I don't like that. And, and honestly, I feel like I have to hold back information from her because of that. So don't get trapped into that. Don't, you know, I've had clients who, who's uh, coaches who never look at their books or anything because they're not accountants and they don't, they don't know how to look at the books. We tell them, oh, you have to have a 30% pro or expense ratio. Okay. Well, if we're using the tax planning techniques properly, it should be more than that because we're deducting a lot more legally so that you can actually pay less in tax. So there's two sides of every advice that you get from a coach or, or someone like that, you know, whatever, whatever the situation is, it's, it's basically, that's the idea. And honestly, I believe in making sure that you are supported well. It doesn't have to cost a ton of money, but you have to know what types of accountants are out there. Now, you may also find yourself in a situation where, let's say, you are you haven't filed taxes for a while, and now you've filed, and now you have to, you owe a lot of money to the IRS or a state taxing authority or whatever it is. Um, that type of engagement is technically handled. It could, could be handled by an accountant, but honestly, there are special people who do what's called a tax resolution um, that could help you much better. They know the IRS system much better than than regular accountants, which is do taxes every year, uh, or bookkeeping or accounting. They actually know how to navigate the IRS. And I believe in that much better, much more, because I've seen it firsthand, what they can do for you. So if you're there, you need someone who does tax resolution. I would go for someone who has some sort of a license, like a CPA or an EA. There are CPAs and EAs who do only that. and I would reach out to them. They can do miracles for you. I've had a client who, and I've, and you probably have seen my, you know, my, in my book, if you've ever read the book, but a client who, um, had a partner and the partner disappeared and the partner was responsible for making sure that the, that the payroll taxes don't get paid and all of that. And so, um, the partner, that partner disappeared, you know, robbed the other partner of all the equipment and stuff, took the equipment, basically got his access to QuickBooks, ran away, whatever. And that partner um, also didn't pay payroll tax, which is a big, big, big no-no. And the government will collect because you can't take your employees' taxes and not remit it to the government. You can't. You can't do that. Um, and you're personally liable for those things. And so I've seen that person um, get stuck with $100,000 of the what's called a trust fund recovery penalty for pay, payroll tax. And so I sent him to someone who does specifically tax resolution. I'm also learning tax resolution this week. I'm actually really excited. I've already started. It's like a five-day um, event, um, training event. And, and, it's, and I want to offer that as well because it's very few accountants actually do that. And there is a lot of caseload and a lot of people who need help to give you sort of, I don't want to call it a fresh start, but a better start better start in your taxes in your life. Uh, maybe you've been contemplating bankruptcy or whatever that is. There's certain rules where you can or cannot dismiss those debts in a bankruptcy and things like that. 
So um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to show you kind of different businesses, uh, business, different business uh, professionals who can support you in your business. And there's one more that I want to talk briefly about. And that is sort of like a business therapist. I'm actually learning to do that and to offer that to my clients. Basically, it's like a mediator, um, a, a almost like a business therapist. It's not a therapy license necessarily, but it's someone who knows psychology, but also knows business really well. And so this is someone who can help you navigate a family-owned business. Because when a family, there is a family-owned business, there's always a lot of um, other interpersonal conflicts beyond the, the typical business stuff. So it's a much more complicated business. And if that business has a chance of success, it's with usually with the help of a fam of a business therapist. So consider that too. Okay. I've had a client who used, or I guess consulted with one of those, uh, therapists for years, that person, um, has navigated their family relationship in the business and the business and so on. And then I've also have a client who are doing therapy, but they're not doing business therapy, meaning they're figuring out their own, you know, marriage or whatever, their own personal therapist, they have that, but they don't have someone who's involved in their business who advises them with that. They have someone like me advising them in their business and I try, but it's very different when you have um, when you have a different relationship and I have to, you have to, I think you have to kind of be mindful of the fact that when you have a business relationship or some, some other connection to this business, let's say you went to work with this person who was in your MBA class, it leaves that trace of emotion and perception of, of that person. And it's really hard to change that. So that's kind of what I'm, I've been struggling with. And, you know, with this client of mine where I know that they need the support, but they, don't think they think they know it all and they don't want to get it. I hope this was helpful. I'll see you next week with some exciting topics and talk to you soon.